0: Welcome to the Exxon, everyone. My name is Rob McConnell, and for the next four hours, I'm going to be your host and your guide as together we cross the time-space continuum to this place that I call the Zone. It's a place where people dare to believe and dare to be heard. It's a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. And the Zone comes to you Monday through Friday from 10 p.m. Eastern until 2 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Our toll-free number is one 877 That's toll-free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. My email address is xzone at talkstarradio.com. On MSN Messenger, you can always chat with me here in our studio during the live broadcast by typing in the MSN address, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. And our websites, xzoneradio.com and xzonetv.com. My producer tonight at Master Control is the one and only Miss Melody. Nice working with you, Mel. And our chat room moderator at Exxon TV is Rob, and Rob lives in Scarborough, Ontario. Rob, nice seeing you, and I hope you enjoyed your Tim Horton's Chili Supper tonight. On tonight's show, we're going to be speaking with Donna Vall in a few minutes. We're going to be talking about Angels, Hour number 2, Stephen Lachance and the Paranormal. Hour number 3, Pamela Heath is going to be with me. And in Hour number 4, we're going to be talking about religious cults and we have a gentleman who was a member of a religious cult where he witnessed murders being committed in the name of the cult or in the ma- in the name of the religious organization that is one hour you will not want to miss once again toll free our number is 18775288255 my guest this hour is Donna Vall. She is an ordained minister, certified clairvoyant medium and intuitive spiritual counselor and has served numerous churches throughout the United States and Canada for the last seventeen years she has been teaching practical meditation, spiritual philosophy, and spiritual development which focuses on the importance of trusting the one's own inner guidance and recognition of one's higher self. Donna is internationally known for her knowledge and teaching in angel studies and presents an intensive seminar on the angelic realm. She also does extensive spiritual counseling, blending her teaching techniques with her intuition and unique gift of angel portraits. The special gift of angel spirit art has proven the continuity of life after death. Examples of these portraits and proof of spirit accuracy may be seen on her website. Donna is also sought-after guest on many radio stations. Donna is the host producer of her own internet radio uh, feed, Spirit Connections, interviewing expert in all areas of spirituality. And joining me now is Donna Vaughan. Donna, welcome back to the Exxon. How are you?
1: I'm fine, Rob. Thank you so much for having me on. I really enjoy your work.
0: Well, thank you very much. It's always great talking to you, too, Donna. How are the angels? Have they been as busy as I think they've been in these days?
1: You know what? I really think there's a, a more activity than ever. Because there is definitely a spiritual event going on in this world at this time. I think we are pretty much seeing right before our eyes many things that are hidden, many things that are not working as systems that have been flawed, coming to the focus for us to make changes and create. But I think that we're not alone during this time of changes in this earth. I think instead we're really going within. And the angelic world is part of bringing that higher frequency or that ability for us to really... Stay in peace and stay resonating with that collective consciousness of moving forward. So I think they're more active,
0: Donna. With all the um, all the stress that people are faced with each and every day, the financial world, the economic, um, you know, the total economic p- uh, picture, the instability of the workplace, many homes are suffering from all these pressures plus the pressures of everyday home life how does this affect the angels and their task
1: well i think what it is is it's really moving us mm-hmm. as people to go into a place of reprioritizing to rethink and realign to us what is important in our life which is a gift during this changing time and i think the angelics are offering what they always do which is a frequency of vibration of love to help us find peace within ourselves to help us have that encouragement those uh, wonderful synchronicities of having the right people at the right time come to guide us to the better direction. The angel world cannot interfere, but can support our own spirit, our own higher self journey, into finding the greatest and most uh, the best outcome through all these changes. So, one of the things that Donna, I think I've
0: got to take a commercial break. Please stand by. Donna Ball is our guest www.angelstoguideyou.com. That's www.angelstoguideyou.com. We'll be back in two minutes on the other side of this first commercial break as the Exxon starts for today, Tuesday, March the 31st in the year 2009 on the Talkstar Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. as my special guest this hour, and uh, Donna? I was wondering if you could share with us your spiritual journey.
1: Well, thank you. For me, I think it was uh, as a child, always seeing and sensing energy. I would see uh, entities, mm-hmm. beings, lights, and you no, know, you know, I was raised as a t- traditional Lutheran family. There wasn't a lot of talk or verbiage about what that was. I was a spiritual family, a lot of prayer in my family, which helped me, I think, raise uh, energy and shift uh, myself from being afraid. As I grew, these visions and things grew more. So it was a natural unfoldment for me to see. What my journey was, though, was to get to a place where I wanted to say, okay, if I'm seeing all this, what would it mean? So as a young adult is when I started really thinking I should meditate. I want to try to meet other people Mm -hmm. who have visions. What does it all mean? And in finding that journey, I really got connected with my own spirit, and I think the mission of being able to uh, get these informations of visions, clairvoyant, spirit, energy, and angels, and then being able to bring that as messages to people, to bring them a sense of knowing, healing, and enlightenment.
0: When did you first begin to channel spirit art?
1: That was an interesting thing, because truthfully, I was just working on my own development as far as meditation, Mm -hmm. taking the time every day to sit down, to focus, to ask questions. And I was writing, uh, not so much like as an automatic writing, but writing what I was receiving from my own spirit, to keep something as a journal for myself in that meditative time. So often in meditation, when we stop meditating after 20 minutes, 15 minutes, we've kind of forgotten where we were or what we received. So as writing it, all of a sudden starting then to have this urge to draw. And out would come this incredible face, And knowing that I wasn't trained in art. Mm -hmm. In fact, I was told by an art teacher when I was young that, too bad for me, none of them looked human. Oh, that's what a horrible (laughs) thing to
0: say to anyone.
1: It was really pretty horrible. And you know what? It was an okay thing, though, because it was kind of prophetic. (laughs) Later on, I really didn't draw just people who were human either. So I guess it's okay. Uh, So when it started happening, and I started to recognize that this was something that was different. It was Mm -hmm. coming through my meditation, and it was... Helpful uh, because I, I would have this picture come through and then a message, but I didn't know what to do with it. I mean, for a long time, I just did this and and, and trusted there'd be a reason, prayed on it, say make this go away if I'm just going into some kind of a crazy episode. And one day, I was very impressed to give it to someone a picture that was drawn, and she recognized that that person was someone in her life who had passed over, who she had been asking and wondering, were they okay? So they she felt the comfort of that to show that continuity of their life was still there, that they still you know, could reach out. And so that started that whole process of more of the spiritual art coming through the meditative time.
0: And when did you have your first angelic um, connection?
1: Well, that was kind of interesting. For me, um, I had had, just like many of us, experiences into growing into psychic fairs and trying to, you know, meet and read and research lots of different directions. And I had had somewhat of an uncomfortable experience with a, a UFO group that were abductees, you know. Mm -hmm. And since I've never had that experience in this life, they were trying to say, come on and, you know, come to this abductee group meeting and all this stuff. Well, I got a really bad feeling and a bad vibe from it, and I stepped away and I just thought, you know, I'm not going to deal with extraterrestrials. I'm, I'm just dealing with those people who have passed over. So without thinking about it, I've become kind of prejudiced against the spiritual world with the fact that there's a vastness of many entities and many loving beings. So I had an experience one day of uh, having literally this incredible, beautiful man walk into a shop I was working in, and he was so powerful, and he looked at me, I could feel my whole body shaking. The vibration was very, very strong, and I really knew intuitively that if I looked at him long enough, he wouldn't look like a human man, that there was something more important about this man but yet it felt very loving Mm -hmm. and he literally moved things around on the counter so it was very physical wasn't just a clairvoyant thing in my head and he spoke with me and he said who is doing the drawings here and i just said well you know god works through me and i explained the process and he said have you ever drawn any entity that isn't from the human race and i said oh no you know thinking i've learned my lesson you know (laughs) i don't deal with anything that's E T And he said to me in a very loving way, he said, "Then that's a shame, he said, because you could not draw my brothers or sisters, but the angelics and many other great light beings are here on earth to help many people, and you need to be open to receive the fact that there are great beings from God on all levels. And with that, he turned and left. I literally ran after him within just like three seconds because I was so compelled to be connecting to this person, and he literally vanished as I walked out the door. Oh, my goodness. So it was a very profound experience because I really recognized that there are many good things and good beings in all different ways, and if I prayed and stayed spiritually sound that what would come through would be the right thing. With that, within the next maybe two, three weeks, the art began to change dramatically. I started using actually full-color chalk, which I'd never experimented with before, and angelics were the main focus on almost every picture. Because most people have a unifying agreement. Different belief systems all over the world agree that there are some kind of angelic messengers. It, it went past different religions and different dogmas, and so it was a very unifying part of the work.
0: How have the angels t- helped you over the years, and how have they helped those who you seek their guidance from?
1: You know, I've seen a lot of different things. One of the things that I've seen are, are angels that have helped certainly engraving grieving parents come to an understanding that, especially losing a child, which is so traumatic. Oh
0: gosh, I can't imagine the pain involved.
1: I, I couldn't either. You know, Rob, I've worked with this in, in many, many parts of my work ministry, but one of the things I've seen with the angelics over and over show us, and, and the children who've passed over have talked with us about, is that angels are there at a time when somebody's making a transition, and sometimes we worry so much about the fact that children, especially are they in pain, we weren't there during that accident, we weren't there mm-hmm. when they fell or whatever the thing that happened to them, And over and over I've been shown and talked to that these angels were there to literally take the spirit of that child, take the spirit of our loved one often, out of a situation where it it may appear to us that they went through suffering or their physical body would have been harmed, but it's almost like they go in a state of anesthesia where their spirit is pulled out before they are, you know, really experiencing the traumatic death. And I think that that's something that I've been profoundly touched with by the angel world, that they are able to literally go in and lift up and take the soul out of something that we would have seen as just such a horrible ending for somebody. And so that is very comforting to me. It's been very comforting to many parents to know that their children were literally loved and secure and safe during that trauma when maybe they weren't present.
0: Has anything ever, has? have you ever been just totally put into shock and awe by... Anything that the angels have have done with you during the time that you've been helping people,
1: I think that um, the, like the the counting of the one that I actually saw physically was pretty profound. Oh yes, it was definitely physical thing to me. But one of the things that I am always amazed with uh, was would, would be the fact that as I'm working with somebody, if one that angelic will come close, the, the the amount of love that I feel comes. Through, that I can sense, that others will sense, because they'll go away with a sense of peace. Many times people will say, you know, when they receive an angelic portrait, you know, i dreamt this face, I've seen this face. They've recognized it's not human face. It, it, it may take on human characteristics because we expect that, but certainly that there's a recognition. And I think that the profound love and the experiences that I've had, the experiences of others, they'll know when they've had an angelic experience because they felt peaceful and they felt loved throughout the whole moment. There's no apprehension or anxiety about it. So I think that that's one thing that comes through over and over as a very touching experience. Uh, Having the experience to to see that angel can appear in different ways, I, I think that that's an important piece. Sometimes we think that they'll have to come only as one way to us as a human form because we're used to that But truly, they have appeared as animals, they've appeared as light, they've come just as voices. So they can come in a variety of ways to help people, and I think that's been something amazing to me in working with the angelic world, that it's very much frequency, and they'll come as they need.
0: What does a real angel look like? I mean, what does an angel look like in its angel form?
1: You know what I really think, when I've seen more of a pure form, to me it's light. It's like a light being. It's movement of energy, and it comes with the different frequencies, and I think the color or the way I perceive the color, the movement of energy, is almost um, kind of like a hologram, that kind of feeling of, of, you know, not really solid and kind of dimensional, but it's frequency. It's really pure light, And, and I think that it will come into our frequency, coming into our physical matter, temporarily all the way into creating a physical manifestation of body, creating a clairvoyant manifestation. In other words, it will appear in a way that looks like a vision, but often as a person or as a as an adult or as a human, because that's what we would be most comfortable with. Truly, I, I think they can produce wings because we have ex- assumed wings, but I think when we think back about people's first accounting of seeing it, Without the words that we have now or the verbiage we have now, they may see a frequency or a pulsation and assume it was a wing, much like we'll see a hummingbird moving quickly and assume it. So I don't think that they really have wings, but I'll tell you what, I think if that's what would comfort you, you'll feel wings, you'll know wings, you'll sense wings, because they'll bring to you what it is you need to feel best at that time.
0: Where do angels come from? Like, I, I know they come, they're supposed to come from heaven or the angelic realm, but
1: what is, what is their
0: beginning? <laughs> what is their
1: beginning? Well, you know, it's interesting, because one of the things I wanted to do was really get into some deeper understandings, not just the beautiful stories, but what is this angelic, yeah. you, you know, beings about, created as a completely different species. Um, an E.T., we can call it, because it's really not of this world, of, 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 you know, it's an extraterrestrial mm-hmm. form. From my understanding, we really study more into the Apocrypha, the hidden books, the ancient texts that talk a little bit more, especially the ancient texts of Enoch. And we look at a lot of different belief systems, and we come up with uh, considerable similarities in all. Most all of them agree that there's groups or choirs of angels, and each group or choir is kind of, there's nine of them, and they're divided into three different triads or three different sections, three in each. And each of these triads are close in vibration to God, and they have certain purposes. Each choir has a certain frequency, a certain purpose. And we know these choirs. We hear about them. We hear the seraphim, the mm-hmm. cherubim, the thrones. Those are the highest triad. Um, dominions, virtues, and powers. Those are the middle triad. Or the principalities, archangels, and angels, which is the lowest triad, meaning the frequencies closest to the earth. So that's why we interact more with the archangels and the angels, because their frequency allows them to be more connected to us.
0: Donna, stand by. I've got to take my news break at the bottom of the hour. Donna Ball is our special guest, ExoNation. And Donna and I are talking about angels this hour of the uh, Exo. And if you'd like to uh, visit Donna's website, it's angelstoguideyou.com. I'll be back on the other side of the news right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. You're listening to Rob McConnell in the X-Zone on the Talk Star Radio Network. Visit us online at www.xzoneradio.com. Everybody likes a celebration. Happy music and conversation. Happy life. Welcome back to the Exxon. one 877 is toll free throughout the U.S., Canada, Alaska, and Hawaii. You can always send an email to exxon at talkstarradio.com or on MSN Messenger, talkstarradio at hotmail.com. My guest this hour is Donna Voll. We're talking about angels, and Donna's uh, website is angels dot com. How do you connect with spirit, and what process do you use, Donna?
1: Well, I think it's a process, really, we all can use. I don't think that I'm more unique or more special than anyone else. The best way to connect with our angels is to connect first with our own spirit, our own higher self. You know, people use a lot of those words, spirit, soul, higher self. Mm -hmm. But really it's a simple part of us that has that inner knowing. We've all had gut feelings. We've all had intuition. Mm -hmm. We've all argued with ourselves where we said, you know, I knew I shouldn't have done that. Why didn't I listen to me? Well, who's the me but the higher part of you that has a nice, clear understanding of what's going on, separate from your emotional overload or from your you know, mental chatter? So the more we get to let that part of our spirit become more consciously what we're choosing to use in our life, that spiritual part of us, our higher power, the more we're able to connect with the frequencies or the angelic energies, it also helps us if we want to connect with those we love who have passed over. Because the fact is, Rob, we don't have to die to become a spirit. We already are a spirit. Our spirit's alive and well in the spirit world, certainly still connected to our physical bodies as you and I are talking tonight, but not just housed in our bodies, but living and expressing spiritually. So when we go to the spirit world to seek information, may as well go to the direct source, which is our own spirit, which is part of that spiritual world. It's a good contact point that we can make. Through there, once we connect, We can connect to the angels. We can ask our spirit, our higher self, to connect with us to our angels, our guardians, our protectors. And it's a good way that we can discern and eliminate stuff in the spiritual world that maybe isn't truthful, that maybe is just astral, that has no bearing on us. I know you do a lot of paranormal investigation, so you know that there's quite a bit out there that's fraudulent, that people make up, that people imagine. But there's also lots of different levels of things you've encountered on different levels of the spirit world. We're just simply saying that as you go to your higher self, you are eliminating everything going right into the source of your spirit connected to God, and that connects you to the angel.
0: Donna, what can listeners do to um, to expand on their ability to connect with their, with their inner selves or their higher self?
1: I think that a couple of things can be done real quickly. One is that you give yourself some time every day for just a few minutes to mm-hmm. sit down, to shift energy, uh, by praying, by thinking about all the things you're grateful for. You know, so instead of focusing on what's not going well and being negative, what can be going well? Thank you, God, for today. Thank you, Divine, for you know, my food today. Whatever you can think of. We can also shift energy by recalling a time that we were really happy that something happened that we were grateful for. We've all had at least some experiences or have witnessed something happy. Mm -hmm. And if we do that, it shifts our energy. So the point is that we'll sit quietly every day for a few minutes and and be in gratitude and shift the energy and then kind of just daydream. Everyone will tell me sometimes, oh, I, I can't meditate or I can't visualize it. My mind doesn't go there. But every one of us can daydream and go off to a place. Instead of being at work or at school, we can imagine being on a beach or being someplace we'd rather be. So for the next, like, five minutes, just give yourself a daydream break. Go to a place that you can imagine, create, feel, sense that says, this is a place that my spirit and I are are connecting to, and this is a holy time for me. I'm just going to have some gratitude. I'm just going to enjoy walking along this beach in my mind. I'm going to ask my spirit to meet with me. Maybe five, ten minutes a day. It's something we need to do to make that connection become more conscious, just like we need to eat, we need to sleep, we need to go to the bathroom, we need to take time for our spirit too. When we do that, Rob, what happens is we start to really build up a nice bridge or a connection. So that way when we're doing that daydream or we're walking along that beach or we're up inside a beautiful mountaintop or we're in a temple in our mind for that few minutes of getting away, our spirit suddenly can bring us images or thoughts or connect to us because we're opening up a, a way of communication that's more focused and content. And, and so what happens is we build on that. So one thing people can do is just start giving themselves some spiritual time every day, some prayer time, some meditative time, however they want to do it.
0: How does the spiritual world influence us on a daily basis, Donna?
1: It influences us tremendously, and again, as a paranormal investigator, you know that. Um, we are being bombarded by energy on emotional levels, on mental levels, spiritual levels, physical levels, all the time. We're overwrought with it, probably. And what we want to do, and one of the reasons why I suggest the meditation that just a simple tool to connect, is because we become more aware of what's our energy and more aware then of what energy is coming and influencing us. In other words... We've all seen where somebody's crabby and yells in a a, a room full of people and everybody feels kind of cranky and starts to be a little bit belligerent. So we can see how energy can feed off and magnify. So we want to stay positive so greater things are attracted to us that have the same vibration, which is positive energy. So what we can do is we, we can pray, we can work on that, and bringing that to us allows us, again, to become more open, more calm, and more ready to receive that way, when we are influenced by any other energy, if somebody else has got a negative thought or a negative feeling sending out into the field of energy around us, we're aware, wait a minute, that's not mine, and we're at a frequency that it doesn't attach to us. It also protects us from any lower entities or lower thought forms that want to try to be parasites, to try to control us, to get us off our path. It also protects us because when we stay in that place of, of um, positive energy, We are attracting only those higher beings and those things to us that can protect us. We're influenced by other people's thoughts and actions, certainly, but we're very influenced by the lower spiritual world that's trying to keep us from going to the higher path and to a higher self. We're also influenced by other people's energies and thoughts forms. So we have to be vigilant about what is my energy, and that helps us through meditation.
0: Are you noticing that, that a lot more people are looking to the paranormal for answers these days?
1: I think that we are, because what we're seeing is that things that we thought were our constants are not staying put, our banking system, for example, or the people that we say, you know, well, I'll you know, work over at this GM plant for 30 years, it'll be cool. You know, a lot of the things that we thought were our solids are not there. So we're starting to say, then is there more? You know, maybe traditional religion didn't answer to us, maybe we've had experiences But I think this is a really good time to start seeking that. The thing that I would want people to start to recognize, though, is every door you open does not necessarily give you an answer either, and every paranormal thing (laughs) that we seek maybe doesn't know anything either. We have to learn to go within and discern. That's what our spirit helps us do as to what is truthful and what is not. And then we will find a direction through these changing times, and we'll be very guided from it. I think people know that their inner spirit spiritual side of things
0: will guide them through this time people seem to have a fascination with death more than ever before more and more people want to have contact with those who have passed to the other side it's almost like going back in time when the Ouija board first came out Mm -hmm. where the people wanted to use the Ouija board to connect with those who lost their lives or they never had a chance to say goodbye to during the great wars Uh, how do you how do you how do you mentor people or how do you how do you assist them in contacting those who they've lost and that are now back in the spirit world?
1: Well, you know, I think people are seeking it now because, again, we're going through a, a I call it a spiritual event. There's mm-hmm. definitely everyone's intuitively knowing things are changing. And so a lot of times people now are trying to see and reprioritize what's important. And, you know, I shouldn't have held that grudge and I would like yeah. to have some forgiveness. So I think it's a logical thing. It's a wonderful thing to come to understand that just because somebody's physical body stops does not mean that the spiritual side is gone. Therefore, we can still communicate with us. So one of the things everyone can do, again, when you do that prayer time or that sitting quiet time, you can just simply speak to the person that you love. You, you, you don't have to summon them to be with you. You just send out into the ethers of the spiritual planes that I am sending out a message to my mother. I'm saying, you know, I forgive you. I miss you. Whatever you can, you can communicate, and the soul of them will hear. Your soul communicates to their soul, and it's heard and it's done beautifully. So I think that that's a simple way to do it. People can write letters, and, and just knowing in the writing that they're putting the energy out, that they can ask for forgiveness, or they can re, they can grant forgiveness, maybe. So it's never too late to do that, just because the physical body's not there any longer. And I think that gives people a sense of freedom. I think people also have a sense that things aren't as certain to them now, so what if something happens? You know, I want to make sure that I've, I, you know, that, that if I die, will I go somewhere, you know, what will happen? And I think that, again, they're looking to the spiritual world because it's a changing time. You know, you mentioned about Ouija boards. Mm-hmm. Back in the late 1800s, there was a huge insurgence of new thought, you know, the new thought ministry, science of mind, spiritualism, uh, Mary Baker Eddy coming forward lots of different people coming with new concepts and a lot about talking to and communicating to the spiritual side of life and spiritual ideas and philosophies. And I think that comes again now to us because we're going through another conscious raising time. So I do think there's a lot more people interested in wanting to know more about the spiritual world. I just would like people to see that they are confidently able to do this with their own spirit if they do it with prayer, with meditation, they can do it safely in connecting rather than open through a Ouija board or open in a way that's not going to be necessarily healthy and healing to them. If you open a door to any stranger, Mm -hmm. any stranger can come in. If you do it correctly and find out who's behind the door, you'll be safe.
0: Well, what would be the right way uh, for someone to communicate with the spirit world using the Ouija board?
1: Personally, in my work and what I've seen, And I I know there'll be an argument that somebody will say, well, you know, Jane Roberts did this and Seth came through and there was a lot of teaching through Seth. I get that there can be sometimes a communication. But the fact is, I think most of the time, 99% of the time, the Ouija board is not a good tool to use. It's simply not. Because what you're doing is you're pulling out an ancient tool that already has a thought form attached to it. There's already energy attached to that. And you're flinging open a door without any knowing. We give these tools to kids at their uh, puberty time and their adolescent time, at their 12-year-old when they're already like, highly you know, emotional. Yeah. We give them at parties. We make jokes out of this. We're setting the pattern for anything to open and anything to come. If we instead sit down for a few minutes of gratitude and prayer and just visualize or be in a peaceful place, you are setting a different pattern of communication, and you're saying, my spirit opens the door, not just some board and some random thing coming in. Because I have seen some very negative attachments to those boards and very negative attachments to people when they open those doors. They are saying, in effect, I'm casting aside my opportunity for protection. I'm just opening the door, just like drugs or alcohol. Unreal. It's really frightening. And um, I've seen some things like I would say to you that there is a good force and there's an angelic force, but there's also lower force. There's parasitic things. There's also uh, attachments entities that would rather not have evolution and not have people enlightened. And we have protection and we have choice in what we're thinking and doing as to what we will bring to us.
0: How can you tell if someone is, is, is attached by a negative entity or a negative force?
1: I think a lot of times you can see it in their emotional responses and in their mental thinking processes. Uh, you know, I'm I remember. I'm kind of old, but remember Flip Wilson with The Devil Made Me Do oh, It? Oh, yeah, uh, Geraldine
0: Jones, yes. <laughs> I loved it, yes, but so you know, I. we
1: can't blame everything on The Devil Made Me Do That, so then I have no responsibility personally involved in any of it. What mm-hmm. we want to see instead is that we want to step back and just do some discernment. Um, in other words, we can trip our own selves up pretty well with our own human nature as we're learning and growing about being better people, you know, generous, loving, compassionate. But what I think you can see as an attachment is severe, severe kinds of uh, depressions, mental uh, imbalances, disorders, where we see suicidal thoughts, where we're seeing um, people who uh, oftentimes are having chaos and and, and accidents and profound amounts of um, difficulties in their life. Now, that being said, we can go through periods of spiritual testing to keep ourselves faithful, stronger, you know through adversity we grow but sometimes it can be that there's these family attachments these things that have been throughout family cycles that kind of feed off of people alcoholism um, you know incest uh, uh, sexual uh, you know abuses things like that it's not just that somebody's quirky and does it there's often literally some entity force that is promoting it it's influencing it to continue
0: you know but I agree with you there are so many times when people will will use uh, the devil as, a, as an mm-hmm. escape goat. You know, like, I did something wrong, but I don't want to accept responsibility. So I'm going to blame it on the devil or I'm going to blame it on somebody else. I don't hey. want to accept responsibility.
1: You know, Rob, I think that you and I probably get along very well. I'm probably one of the greatest skeptics you're ever going to meet in this whole world. I've seen a lot of fraudulent mediumship. I've seen a lot of fraudulent sciences. I mean, I've, I've traveled a bit and I've, yes. and I've experienced a lot. I don't buy into everything, but I will say this. I have seen some very otherworldly attachments onto people. Um, As I have, severe, yes. Have, you have, too? I certainly have. And and it's on severe cases, the one that I'm thinking of. is, it, is Donna, stand by. Of... I've
0: got to take a commercial break. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about this when we come back. Donna Ball my special guest, and you're listening to the Exxon Radio Show right here on the Talk Star Radio Network. Don't go away. Hey, hello there. I'm Victor Ives from Talk Star Radio and our new commercial-free movie channel, White Springs TV. You know, for over two and a half decades, I hosted Golden Age of Radio and... Anybody here see the noise, see the fear and commotion? Donna Ball is our guest this hour, www.angelstoguideyou.com. That's www.angelstoguideyou.com. Donna, before we went to the commercial break, we were talking about the face of evil, if I can use that expression. And for anyone listening who doesn't believe that evil is not real, get that thought out of your mind protect yourself against evil, because so many people take uh, say, ah, it's, it's poppycock, it doesn't exist, yeah. <laughs> it certainly does.
1: You know what else I hear a lot yeah. is uh, people in the metaphysical community, especially New Age people, thought, you know, I create my reality, if I don't think about evil, therefore it's not. Yeah, right. And I can say to you, if we stay positive, if we stay prayerful, if we stay at a frequency of love, it cannot affect us, but that doesn't mean that we don't see it in and around us, you know? I think one of the greatest psalms that I love is Psalm 91, where it says, If I stand in the shadow or the vibration of the Almighty of God, I'll see things all around me, but I'll be protected. And I think that it tells us clearly that there are evil things. What I encountered was uh, in helping and doing some healing work with someone who had had severe sexual abuse uh, from a childhood on, that there were not only attachments, but something that I saw that was completely what we would call demonic. It was, it was never a human thing. But I think if we understand that there's polarity, if there's an angelic world, if there's a light beings helping us, there can be a dark beings. Hunter.
0: Exactly. And uh, what a, it, I believe that we are a binary existence.
1: Mm-hmm. A zero,
0: one, good, bad, up, down, left, right, white, black. For every con, there's a pro. And the other way around, if there's something good, there is something bad.
1: And I think the nice thing is, and the free will we have, is we can choose where we will handle, however we will react, what we will feel, what we will think in any situation, so we can choose to stay in that energy that brings to us the angelics, the helpers, God, our higher self, as opposed to choosing doorways that open up things that bring to us attachments and disharmony. Everyone who has anything that could be attached onto them, it can shift simply by vibration of prayer, laughter, love, harmony, uh, everything that you can do, hug a tree, go out in nature, all of these things shift energy and these things fall off of you.
0: Donna, as always, great talking to you. Thank you very much for sharing with us tonight your time. And uh, I believe that the greatest the greatest um, tool that we have in our physical uh, world to fight evil is love.
1: I agree with you 100%. And that's exactly what we just need to remember. So as everything's changing around us, we don't have to go into fear. We simply move into love and peace, and then we can be guided to the best outcome for us.
0: Donna Voll, thank you very much for joining us, and I look forward to the next time when you and I visit here in the X-Zone.
1: Well, thank you so much, Rob, and God bless your work. You're doing great things to help enlighten people.
0: Thank you, sweetie. It's always great talking to you, Donna. Thank you. Bye-bye now. Thank you. Donna www.angels to guide you. Dot com. That's wwwangels dot com. When I come back from the news at the top of the hour at six and a half minutes past, I'll be joined by Stephen Lachance. We're going to be talking about paranormal investigations as the Exxon continues on the Talk Star Radio Network from our studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Toll-free number is 1-877-528-8255. You can always chat with me online during the broad- live broadcast on MSN Messenger by typing in talkstarradio at hotmail.com. My name is Rob McConnell, and this is The Exxon. We'll be back on the other side of the news as we continue right here on Talkstar.